Blog Talk Radio. Somebody out there got a dream. Somebody out there got a dream. Yeah. No, you got one. No, you got one. Excited about 
what you have in store for us tonight. And I know tonight we have a very interesting topic uh, as we talk about um, climbing the corporate ladder. Uh, before we jump into it, let me make sure I give you time to go ahead and, and tell people, you know, uh, who you are again and how they can get in touch with you, and uh, then we'll jump right into the topic for tonight. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for having me. Um, Brian's not here, but shout out to Brian. I'm sure he's listening. Um, but again, my name is Hennifer Cole. Uh, I am a career coach and small business specialist with Career Image Solutions, uh, where we provide human resources services to career seekers, business owners, as well as students. All right. So tonight we have a, a um, interesting subject you want to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, the answer the question, rather, why you aren't climbing the corporate ladder. Now, I know folks are, uh, you know, everyone who's, who's working, I won't say everyone, but most people who are working, their their, their goals normally uh, revolve around trying to move up. You know, you do have people who are happy where they are, but there's some people who, who want to move up. They want to do better. They want to improve and, and grow in what they're doing at work. Uh, but sometimes we, we run into roadblocks, and we we can't do that. So tonight you're going to talk to us about, Five, uh, five step, five uh, factors, rather five reasons why people may not be getting promoted on their job. So, Hannah, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to you. You can start with number one for us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And if we have time, I actually came up with two more. <laughs> so Let's I actually have about seven. seven. All right. We, we do have time, so we'll go ahead and add the other two in there as well. Let's go. Yeah. So I actually do have seven. So. The um, number one reason, I mean, you hit it on the, on the nail, Ryan, and uh, but one of the first reasons is the fact that, you know, you just may not be qualified. The common misconception is that uh, all promotion decisions is based on your performance on your current job. That is a total misconception. Just because you're doing a great job being an accountant clerk, doesn't necessarily mean that you should be promoted to an accounting supervisor. Um, that position may require, um, you know, all the technical skills that you have. However, that position also requires you to have some um, additional educational, uh, you know, uh, backing, or it may uh, it, it may ask for um, certain certifications that you don't have. So. The number one reason is definitely, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you've just been there forever. You just really may not be qualified. All right, now, so let, let's talk about that one before we go to the next one. What are some tips? I mean, if someone is working, I think, you know, how do you get the qualifications? If it's if it's outside of school, how does someone who's working the job uh, get those qualifications while they're working the job? Yeah, um, and I know one of the segments that we talked about a few months ago um, is kind of one of the same tips that I would give. You want to focus on the position that you want. That's number one. Um, so the role in which you want to be in, you want to see what qualifications is, is needed for that particular role. And let's say educational requirements is one of them. You may can have a conversation with your supervisor to say, hey, you know, in the future um, I would like to progress and advance within the company and I'm looking to go back to school. Are there any additional, um, you know, are there any stipends or, you know, any way that you all could, you know, pay for my school, you know, just to kind of let them know, keep keep them abreast um, as to the reason why you want to attain additional education requirements because you have acknowledged that the position and where you want to go needs those additional qualifications. Okay, sounds good, sounds good. And what do you have? That's number two on the list, why people are getting stuck 
at the same yes. job. <laughs> and not getting caught, not getting promoted. Absolutely. The number two reason is the lack of soft skills for the job. So again, uh, people get stuck on. Well, I know how to do the job, and you know, um, I've worked under this person for ten years, and you know, I was with the company since it was built from scratch, but. You know, uh, you, Justin is great, you know, but before he was promoted, we really needed him to develop his leadership skills. That could be you. That could be whoever's listening. Maybe, you know, you may, you may think that you would make a great, um, a great manager, a great supervisor, or just in a different role. However, what are those soft skills that are, that are necessary for that particular job? Uh, a lot of people think it's just technical, but, you know, how is your conflict negotiation skills? How's your diplomacy? How's your business communication? When you're sending out those emails, do you constantly have, you know, error messages? And, you know, are, are you sending out, um, are, are you sending out um, emails with punctuation errors? You know, how, how well do you speak, you know, when you're in front of people? And is that a qualification of the position that you would like to apply for? You know, um, Technical skills is not all. It's not all. You know, do you have a pleasant attitude? Do people dread coming by your cubicle space? <laughs> you know, if they right. dread coming by your office, chances are they're not going to want to work for you. You know, you said so much right there, that number two alone. You know, Brian and I, we, we, we every month we have a personal development segment we call Leadership University, and, and really that's, you know, what you're talking about, personal development, really growing on the inside and and reading those books and really uh, those are things that you can do. If you're only doing what you're getting paid to do at work, then there's no way that you're growing in those areas that, that are going to be uh, necessary for the next level. So uh, that that's really good information right there, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Number three, you don't take constructive criticism. What do you mean? So, you tell me I ain't doing something right? That's right. <laughs> Especially in your evaluation, you, you know, it's time for appraisal. You know, but let me tell you this. A lot of people, especially, uh, you know, um, employees that are not in supervisory capacity, they don't know, but supervisors dread given the evaluation and appraisals to employees. They dread it because they don't want to give you any type of bad news. They'll really they would much rather sugarcoat it, believe it or not. Well, most, let me not say all. So both both parties are definitely dreading that conversation. But, you know, in the event that you do get some constructive criticism and say, hey, you know what, you do a great job, but, you know, you could come a little early or you can come on time, you know, instead of automatically going into defense mode or, you know, um, you know, automatically trying to come up with a reason, well, you know I have the kids in the morning and I have to drop them off. You know what, just take take some quiet time and at least act like you're reflecting on the criticism <laughs> that was provided to you, you know, but uh, because who wants to be, you know, you, 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 that person who, who does not take constructive, constructive criticism may not be the ideal candidate to move on in a position that you're paying more money for, you know. Right. I mean, if you move up, there's going to be more expectations, higher uh, responsibilities. Uh, so, you know, and it may sound cold, but, I mean, you know, and we understand life happens to all of us. However, that's not your job's problem, really, when you think about it. It's it'd be right. great if we all had bosses who were understanding and all had uh, positions that were flexible enough for, for us to work our lives around it. But uh, when someone's paying you to do something, they're paying you that's to right. do that thing, you know, not just not any other excuse or reason why you 
why you uh, why you can't do something. So it's funny you yeah. say that because you know, just this week I, I, I you know I come up with quotes, Hanifer. You know I'm pretty um, ingenious guy. I, I make great sayings, but uh, <laughs> you know. So, so one of the gems that uh, was dropped into my spirit this week was, uh, you know, don't make excuses, make adjust- adjustments. And I think that's yeah. uh, uh, so big for a lot of people. You know, we're working. Everyone has uh, reasons why they feel like something uh, didn't go their way or uh, a reason why they didn't achieve something. Uh, but, you know, eventually you have to stop uh, making those excuses and accepting those excuses and start making adjustments. Change your life. Change what's going on or what it is in the way uh, that's stopping you from uh, being uh, fulfilling what it is your, your obligations are, so uh, definitely taking that uh, constructing criticism will, will take you a long way in trying to uh, adjust and move up that corporate ladder. Absolutely, people want to know that you're absolutely coaching. love it, love it, love it. Yeah, definitely <laughs> resist the urge to defend. I love that quote. Sounds like something that needs to go on Facebook ASAP. Don't worry, I'll tag you. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but uh, number four. It shouldn't come to no surprise. However, people will be very surprised. This is probably one of the main reasons why people are not being promoted. Um, and it's due to lack of professionalism. Every negative thing you say, you know, the, the people that, you know, may be. Hello. <laughs> Ryan, are you there? Hey, yeah, I'm here. There you go. Okay, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. That's okay. So, um, lack of professionalism. You know those people that always have something to say, especially in the break room area? <laughs> you know, the the the, the nuggets or, or what what happened at the um at the manager's table always kind of gets leaked. People always know what goes on. Well, guess what? It, everything gets back to management. You know, the ability to maintain confidentiality is huge, especially when you're trying to climb the corporate ladder. So if you're found to be the one that's by the water cooler talking about the company gossip and how you think this person is going to be let go, I can't believe that we're, you know, undergoing a furlough. Why would they be doing this to us? And, you know, you have to really take into consideration that how you behave among coworkers is just as important as, you know, how you behave amongst your management team um, because your coworkers may one day be in the position um, to hire you. You know, and, and please believe it that your coworkers are the same ones who your managers are going to for input, especially if you have something called a 360-degree feedback where your peers are asked about your character and your reputation and if, in fact, you should be considered for that job. So, um, you know, you may feel like, oh, my goodness, I've been qualified for this, um, this position. I have an educational background. And, you know, you may have all of the items checked off. But maybe you should take a look at to see if you've really been acting in the most professional manner in the workplace. Yeah, because, you know, I have a friend who uh, she just got uh, transferred to a new department at her job, and, and it's so a while because she works in an office uh, setting. However, whenever you talk to her on the phone, there's so much noise in the background that it uh, <laughs> it seems like it's a call center, and, and it's not a call wow. center at all. Uh, so, you know, and, and that's one of the complaints is, is that it's just – uh, and, and it's not just uh, – it's not work conversation that they're having in a loud um, tone. These are personal conversations, you know, with, with 
people have nothing to do with the job, and it's just such a, a, a circus-like environment uh, in, in what's supposed to be a professional office. So, uh, you know, you talk about the professionalism, especially, and I'm glad you mentioned it, how, you know, you don't know who in that circle that you're gossiping with or complaining about will either, A, be your boss one day or influence of someone who's going to be your boss. So that's so important and so huge to make sure that, you know, when, when you're talking about uh, the higher you move up, the more the face of the department or the face of the company you become. Uh, so people need to know they can trust that you're going to, uh, that you really have the best interest of the company and those who work for you in, in, their, in, in your interest. So that that's a, you know, talking about that, just I've seen that so many times that people just don't think about the professional. I'm, I'm just me. I'm a do me, you know. And that's I'm right. You know, that that stuff, that stuff may work on the streets, but it's not working at the job. That's right. To get <laughs> and, and you know, I don't know if you have any college listeners, but I actually have a quick story about that. Uh, when I was an undergrad, I used to work in a computer lab. That was one of my like four or five jobs. And I will never forget this. There was this young lady, and she was always so negative. Well, needless to say, I remember this happening to, like, my senior year, and um, she asked me for some help, and she was just so rude. And, of course, working at a computer lab, you had to maintain professionalism, right? Um, needless to say, upon graduation, I jumped right into HR. Guess who walked through the door for me to interview? It was that same girl. And even if she had, oh, you're not supposed to prejudge, but I'm telling you straight from HR's mouth. You know, we definitely do. And if we have it, uh, uh, a predetermined, um, you know, kind of notion on what your character is, that is going to weigh into if we select you for that position or not, you know. So definitely something to take into consideration. All right. Good stuff. What's number five for us? Number five is the people that don't take initiative. You kind of already hit on this earlier. You know, the people that just say, hey, you know what, Um, I'm just going to do me, I'm just going to do my job, and that's it. You know, they pay me for eight hours, and that's all that I'm doing, and, you know, that's it. But, you know, we've all heard the saying, and you know, don't talk about it, be about it. I'm going to change that a little bit and say don't just talk about it, but become it. Um, Don't just... Go around, you know, um, saying, oh, you know, and and bringing up the issues at the workplace. You know, oh, my goodness, you know, um, I don't understand why, you know, the break room isn't big enough or whatever the issue may be. Become the problem solver. Don't just go to management. Believe it or not, management uh, categorizes those that have initiative by those who actually come up with solutions. So I encourage you that, um, you know, have marked, made the mark for, you know, all of the qualifications. Kind of just take a look at yourself and to see if you've really been taking, your, uh, taking the initiative in your workplace. All right. Good stuff. And you got some bonus ones for us. I do, I do, and I and I love this one because um number six, you think like an employee, not a manager. Okay. So most people who you know, and I'm 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 saying it in in terms of being promoted to a supervisor capacity because that's typically um the the, the line that we we try to go to for being promoted. I, I do understand that some individuals make lateral moves. Uh, but specifically for those who want to be promoted into some type of managerial position, um, you know, it's you have to think like a manager. Um, if you give the appearance that you're just showing up for a paycheck, it's likely that you're not going to make the cut. You know, you don't have no one saying that you have to be a workaholic or, you know, um, 
you know, oh, you have to stay late every day, but you want to start expressing some interest in what goes on outside of your normal duty hours, so to speak. Um, you you want to start. You want to stop just saying, well, I'm only here for eight hours, and I, I can't do that because I'm only here for eight hours. Think outside the box. Think about what a manager would do. You know, when the manager's uh, uh, shift is over and they're called, you know, to uh, put out a fire, they have to work beyond that. So um, thinking like an employee will definitely not get you promoted. You know, and kind of to tag along with that, you know, my, my most of my background is in sales. And it, it, a lot of experience, a lot of um, one of the biggest mistakes I see is that when you have a, a company that, when they're looking for sales managers, they automatically go to the top salesperson and think that's mm. the person most qualified to be the no, sales manager. It's uh, but it's such, a, it's such a different mindset. It's kind of like being a star sport, you know, star athlete on your team, and then trying to coach. It doesn't always relate that way because when you're the best salesperson, there's totally different uh, uh, skills that are necessary to to go out there and sell versus being a manager and teach someone else how to do it. So you know that that's really um, and important. Like if you're if you're a top producer at your company at your job, and you feel like you you're not you know, that should qualify you alone for being uh, the management or getting promoted. Sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes you've got to learn how to to switch that mindset, like you said, from an employee to a salesperson. You know, I shoot another example when I was working for uh, Verizon. You know, we we were union uh, rep, workers. So as an employee. We had one point of view on how things should happen in the company and in the office, uh, but the management weren't union. You know, they they wasn't a uh, unionized workforce, so you had to change your mindset if you want to be management. You couldn't necessarily complain about certain things uh, from your perspective as a uh, employee if you were trying to be management. So, yeah, you're definitely on point with that one as well. So I like that. Why don't you go ahead and finish this out with number seven? At, yeah, you actually just segued us into the last point, which is the fact that some people expect it. Some people just expect to be promoted, and it may sound like a good thing. You know, you and believe those things as you want them to be, you know, see yourself there. However, I'm talking about those individuals that automatically assume that they're going to get promoted because they've been with the company for 10 years. Long are those days, unless you're working for um, a government agency where they have to take tenure into consideration. Um, if you're in the private industry, you don't have to be promoted just because you've been with the company for, you know, since you were 13 years old. You know, long are those days. And, you know, it doesn't matter if someone's six months or, or two years. Um, it's all about contribution. So if you've been there for the last 12 years and, you know, you've done all of the things that I just mentioned, one through six, and you're still expecting to be promoted and someone else comes in um, that's only been there for two years, um, and they get promoted, you you probably now you know the reason why they were promoted over you. Um, because, like I said, you can't just expect it. You do definitely have to contribute. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, thank you so much. You always bring such great information. You pack it into such a short time. But hopefully people are listening and jotting that stuff down because, I mean, we have a lot of guests throughout the the three years almost we've been doing this show, and I think that uh, the information you're giving is definitely going to help a lot of people. Uh, so go ahead and give out your contact information one more time for those who want to contact you outside of uh, the show as well. Absolutely. I can be reached at info at career-image.com or 410-671-5294. Again, that's info at career-image.com. 
dot com or four one zero six seven one five two nine four. Thank you so much, Brian. All right, thank you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, so hopefully you're listening. You know, that's what we try to do on the show. We try to give you resources that you can use that will help you grow and really improve your lot in life. And we just take a 5% fee once you go ahead and use the information that we give you. You just go ahead and pay that. And, you know, we'll take PayPal payments for that. <laughs> just, uh, but um, so we're going to transition, though, because now you, you we got your mind right on how to get promoted on your job. Now, normally, of course, once you start moving up on the corporate ladder, you're going to be more attractive to people. You're going to be more uh, marketable. You know, your dating life should get easier. Speaking of dating life, we're going to go to our dating expert now. We're going to talk about something quite unique. So I want to welcome to the show Lady T. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Hello. I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm great, thank you. And before we get started, I want to congratulate you on your engagements. Um, I've been looking at the pictures on Facebook, and you're a lucky man. You've got a beautiful fiance. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Absolutely, thank you. She's lucky too. She's lucky too. Nah, I, I, I am the lucky one. So she makes me look good. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna say that on the air anyway. So I appreciate. Okay. <laughs> so I appreciate that. So welcome mm-hmm. to the show. I know we were going to have you on last week. We had a scheduling situation, so I'm glad we could be able to get you on here this week uh, because, yep. you know, you, you come and, and we, Brian and I talk a lot about relationships, but when we were able to find someone who wasn't afraid to give the female perspective, someone who talks to a lot of females, so you have uh, different scenarios that you, you know, you see and you encounter every week. Uh, so we're excited about having you as part of the show. So totally tell the listeners who might be there, this might be their first time call, uh, listening or calling in uh, who Lady T is, and then we're going to jump into uh, this this month's uh, uh, segment. Okay. I'm Lady T. Uh, I'm a dating and relationship column, columnist for the Ann Magazine, and the Ann is a local magazine um, stationed in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, you can check me out at uh, Lady T Dating on Facebook, or you can go to theannmagazine.com. Um, every month I tell some story about my dating life, uh, you know, sometimes good, sometimes bad, most of the time hilarious, and uh, yeah, and and people uh, email me and ask questions, and I ask questions, and we all get the answers, so, so yeah. All right, so tonight, well, let me go get the number one more time, 646-652-2647 is the number to call in, 646-652-2647 is the number to call in if you want to get on the line with Lady T as well. Yeah. One second. So, so tonight, you have an interesting subject you want to uh, talk about. Yeah. Let's go ahead and set that up for us. Okay, Ryan, I've got to get this off my chest, okay, because this has been a big thing amongst my girlfriends and I. And um, what it is is it's the, it's the booty. It's the booty and um, women's booties, to be exact. Um, but what I'm noticing is lots of my girlfriends that don't have, you know, that. And I, and I don't want to say like K. Michelle butt, because K. Michelle's booty is is pretty big. You know what I'm talking about, right, Ryan? Uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think I've heard of it before. <laughs> <laughs> I think K. Michelle's butt is pretty big, but I guess, I, I, I guess I'm just saying what someone would think of when they think of, you know, like the, a black girl's butt, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, lots of my friends, some of my friends anyways, would, don't have it. And so we're all sitting around, we're talking about the guys that we're dating, and we're, we're thinking, like, are we missing out, like, to the, to the bigger bookies? And I've heard women say that, that their, you know, quote-unquote man will totally be distracted by a big booty and will go towards that. And they've been cheated on or they've been left for it. And so I guess, yeah, I mean, it would be really cool to get some um, listeners input on this. Um, I guess it's, you know, is this what's happening? I mean, I know this is happening, but fellas, really? And women, I have some advice for you on this. So well, I'm going to see if we have any brave enough guys to call in and talk about it. I, I don't know if we will, but... If not, I'll have to be the spokesperson for for all of us. But um, you know, what, I guess my first question though is, I wonder when did this shift take place? Because you know, I thought it was all about, and, and with black men especially, you know, and I'm, I'm characterizing here. It seems like there's always it's always shifting. I mean, you can't find black men who only say, "Well, I only like this or that." It's going to be always something. You know, we we, we pretty much like the total woman, but I I, I always I thought. It was about the breast. It was about you know man because that's what you see first most times. So is is that a shift that you're seeing? Like and a lot of I don't say a lot, but more recently the phenomenon I'm seeing is you have um, women who have one or the other. You may have right. like really really uh, as the the senior women would say top heavy women and and, right. and no booties, or you got the women with the booties and not really a lot up top. So is this something that is kind of new that's happening? As you, your ladies have been dating, have you seen the shift kind of take place? Or has it always been kind of that problem where it seems like the booty wins out? You know, I think that I'm seeing it more. Um, I, I think that I'm seeing it more now because I've expanded my scope in the dating arena, like as far as ethnicities and such. Um, but I think that... A part of me feels like it's always been there. I mean, for black men anyways, I, I, I you know, I hate not wanting to generalize, but will right now. I think that for, that most black men do prefer, um, you know, a bigger booty and for the most part always have. Um, but now, like we're getting into other races, I mean, all other races are just like gravitating towards the butt. And, 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 it's really rare. I mean, it's really rare. I think it's really rare to find a man of any race nowadays that is interested in breasts. Well, you know, is it? I guess two quick points, and the, and the lines are actually lighting up, so we're going to go ahead and take those calls in a second. Um, I think two things that that I've seen happen. One is this phenomenon is causing uh, people, women are now getting butt implants. We're going to talk about a lady who um, was actually. Uh, on the news what, right. two, a week or two ago, these women are getting butt implants because of this. Uh, That's and, right, and, and they're people, dying they, from it. Right, they're dying from it. They're, they're, right, they're getting these, you know, bootleg butt implants for these big bubble booties. Um, but then um, I think also from a function perspective, when you're talking about once you get past the visual, and hopefully I'm not sharing too much, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the butt actually has more function and, and it affects sex more than breasts do when you're actually having it. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Before I get any more trouble, let's go to the line. We're gonna okay. let, let's go to our first caller, uh, Peter. 
Welcome to the show. You have a comment about booties? Hey, Ryan, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. And uh, hello to your uh, lovely guests. Uh, you know what? I'm going to be 37 years old next month, and as I get older and mature more, I look less at body parts, more about intelligence, because let me tell you something. You know, the looks can only last but for so long, whether you get uh, implants or surgery or whatever. You have to look more so at who, at the end of the day, is going to make you feel happy and, and keep you company and mm-hmm. have an intellectual discussion with you. And, you know, I mean, I even see a lot of my contemporaries my age, guys who I uh, have a uh, best friend from elementary school. He's still chasing after, like, the 20-year-olds, you know, he's looking into body parts and all that and not looking for women of substance. So I think it's it's a matter of, you know, maturity. And uh, our society is just so caught up with the material looks and, I think it's misconstruing our views in terms of trying to find a you know, soulmate or a suitable uh, partner. Peter, you know, there's a lot of smart women with big booties, right? Tasney, <laughs> <laughs> Lady T, what do you think? What do you have to say to that? I I agree. I absolutely agree with him. Um, Peter, right? Yes, that is correct, Lady T. Right, yeah, I agree with Peter, except the fact, except I think that Peters are rare. That's all. <laughs> you said a mouthful there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it. You know, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with that logic. I think lots of women do and lots of women feel that way. And I think, you know, lots of men do too, but we are a visual society. And, you know, it is what it is. If you see a woman that looks like Coco walking down the street, you might turn your head. You might crash your car. You know what I mean? Like, so, so th- this is what it is. Yeah, I, and I, it's it's weird because it, even with implants, I know myself. I've always been a natural kind of person, you know, whether it's breasts, butts, whatever. I'd rather them be real than fake. Uh, so how big it's not it isn't so much important as long as it's real, uh, you know. And I've seen some terrible, terrible implants that it just doesn't make sense. It's like you get to the point where. Why would anyone even think that's attractive? And, and then I guess mm-hmm. it gets to the uh, once it gets past uh, the the initial, you just want to look different. Now, now you're like you're, you're at the addiction um, point. Yeah. So, right? Yeah. Oh, just one last thing. I think the other issue too is self-esteem is just so low now in our society. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just really sad. I teach at a community college, and you know I see a lot of these young women come around, you know, they're talking about, oh, I can't get this guy, I want to get implants, you know, I want to get a weave, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And I, I, we have to teach our young women to be proud of how God made them and, you know, just uh, look at themselves in the mirror and self-evaluate themselves every day and say, I'm a beautiful, you know, person. And they don't really need, I think, a guy to validate them. They need to, first and foremost, you know, validate themselves. And I think mothers and even the fathers, too, the men who are in the households, uh Raising these young uh, girls need to do that. It, it takes a you know village to raise a child, and yeah. we have to get back to that so that that way, uh, when these young women become adult women, then they are looking for suitors who will respect them and accept them for who they are, and not base their looks upon a, a magazine cover or you know a TV show or pageant or what have you. Yeah, yes, absolutely. amen. Preach right, on. Thanks for that. calling. In. <laughs> thanks for calling in, Pete. Yeah, and I mean, I agree with them. Unfortunately, though, you don't have cats like 2 Chainz singing songs about 
wanting a flat booty girl for their birthday. So <laughs> we're gonna, you know, you get, so it's like it's conflict and messages. Right. I understand we, we self esteem is easy to tell people they need to have it, but when they're you know bombarded by these images and these 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 messages all the time, uh, it's hard. You know, I definitely understand that. Uh, let's go to the lines again. We have Will calling. Will, welcome to the show. Wait a minute. The button works. Hi, Will. There we go. Will, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Wonderful show as always. My gosh, that this topic, hmm, I had to, I almost spilled my Kool-Aid when you were starting to talk <laughs> about it. For me, it's, well, would you rather me say shortbread? But we'll talk about that later. Anyhow. Um, I'm sorry, wait, what do you say, a shortbread? Shortbread, no. No, short, no. Okay. Short bread. Yeah, that's. I'm sure uh, they'll talk to you about it. Well, you want to talk about booties? Topic. You want to talk about yes. booties, man? Okay. Yes. Booties are always delicious and fun to look at. And I'm seeing that, as you mentioned before, society is definitely, well, I should say the hip hop is promoting big booties, all about big butts, big butts, big butts. But you usually will see more mature men, I'd say 30 plus, who look at beyond just the booty. I, myself, I look at the total package. Um, yeah, a, a butt will definitely make me turn my head, but so will uh, tatas or breasts, or whatever you want to call them. Uh, legs, I am a leg guy. I'm discovering that. I'm really checking out women's legs this summer. And um, just your smile, too. So don't feel that you have to have a big butt. If you got a nice, uh, nice, uh, if you have little Gary Coleman's up there, that's great. Nice, soft, lickable leg. Ooh. That's really good, too. Did you, you know, Gary Coleman's. You know, no. Gary Coleman's up there. Midgets, you know, whatever you want to call them. Uh, so, so you're saying that you can find value in different things on your body, or or a man is going to find find something to look at. It's not just your butt. It's not just the butt. And I see that I'm a, I'm a teacher, so not at a college level like Peter, but just talking to the middle school boys and a few of the high schoolers, um, their mentality is limited, so you have to expect limited mentality from these younger guys. I would say upper 20s on up, we'll see a little bit more because, yeah, Big Butt's nice to look at, but if she's brain dead upstairs, then it's just, that ruins everything. All right. All right, well, thanks for calling in, Will. No problem. Thank you for having me. And you have a sexy voice too, by the way. Thank you. Oh, you talking about Ryan? Oh, no, not not Ryan. You. No. Okay. You, lady T. Thank you, Will. No, no, thank you. But you still are welcome. All right, we're going to go ahead and get Will off the line on that one. So, <laughs> I'm glad he wasn't talking about me. I was confused for a second. I wasn't sure, but uh, you know. So I don't know. But he's right though. He's right though, and and I think that too. I mean, and the saying is nowadays like no homo or whatever. But anyways, women are beautiful, and there's so many things to look at on a woman that you can find interesting. There's no reason to just objectify one thing. I I completely agree with that. Yeah, I, I tell you, we um, let me see. I was going to quote someone in our group, our Facebook group, uh, Daryl out of California. He said, "Here's the trick." Which way is the woman facing? If she's facing a man, he's a breast man. When she turns around, he's a booty man. So <laughs> I think that might be the best way to sum it up, really. Okay. I like that. Great. But, uh, yeah, so that might be the best way to sum that one up. But um, 
so that that was that was good stuff. So let's see, make sure we don't have any more uh, callers in here. We're we're good on that. So you know, I, I guess in summation, I, I don't really know. I, I there's no answer to it. All I do know, and what was that lady's name? I want I wanted to say her name. It was Vanity Wonder. Uh, that's you know you you can Google her. Uh, this lady was talking about she had had uh, thousands of butt implants, spent you know yeah. tens of thousands of dollars on it. I mean, and it's just this. It was ridiculous what she looks like now. She's trying to, um, you know, she has a book coming out trying to save other girls from doing the same thing she did. Um, you know, and she wasn't getting because I don't think that it's a medical procedure. I don't think it's an a, a approved medical procedure. I think anytime you're doing it, it's it's uh you know it's it's illegal if you if that's what you call it. But uh, you know, so it, it's so you're playing with your life when you do it. So. Um, I, I don't know. If you're not in the sex industry, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. And by sex, I mean sex, stripping, whatever. If you're not getting paid for your booty, I don't understand why anyone would do it. Uh, but when you're, it, it, I, I can understand the draw. I can understand why, um, you know, it's so important. But then, you know, that's talking about implants. We're talking about some women just have naturally big booties. And those, for those women who have it, they get it from their mama. You know, uh, who someone else in our group blamed Jennifer Lopez for the the. Um, Crossover appeal with the booties, you know. I don't know if she was the first, but I definitely know she was one of the best who did it. So, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Jennifer Lopez. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. The funny thing about that, because I remember as a little girl, um, well, I wasn't that little, but I remember loving J, J- Lo. My mom was like, "How is it?" I because I think Jennifer Lopez is Puerto Rican. I can't remember, but she's like, "How is it that a Puerto Rican girl made the butt?" look good or made the butt blow up but black women have had this big butt all the whole time it was something like that but but right after j-lo then we had buffy the body that came out and gosh, i'm trying to remember the others but like some black women that were coming out and just like with these big booties and i don't know right. if buffy's is real or not but anyways it's become a big thing yeah, she did a big thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, last question before we get you out of here. I mean, in your experience, is this something that you're seeing um, across different races, or is it really is it just a black thing, or that's just kind of what the dating pool is for you and your girlfriends, or uh, you know? And, and then, how can women who aren't so blessed with the behinds kind of overcome these things? What can they do? Yeah. Okay. Well, so the women that aren't so blessed. Actually, like myself, because I'm much more, I would be considered top-heavy than bottom-heavy. Um, I would, I mean, I've never, well, that's not true. I would say don't feed into it. You know, like women are beautiful. Like Just like I said, there's something, and just like Will said also, there's something that every guy is going to admire about you. So, you know, just. You know, work with what you have, and you don't need to alter it. You don't need to change it. You're a woman, and being a woman is beautiful. Um, and it is something that is spanning through the races as well, because I, you know, I date white men and you know other ethnicities, and they do. They they like they like a big butt. You know, I don't have it, but they're with me. You know, so anyways, um, yeah, no, a big butt and. I had to ask myself at one point, you know, like, should, what should I be doing? You know, maybe should I be thinking about this? And and but then, you know, I don't want to die, or I don't want to risk 
death or, you know, I you can hit the gym and you can do squats, you can do deadlifts and make it a little more curvier. Um, you know, some people say you can gain a lot of weight and then if you lose weight, it might get a little curvier, but, but whatever, you know. There are lots of other things that you can do that will, you know, put you like a goddess in a man's eyes other than grow your booty. Yeah. i tell you what. I, this is one of the times where I'm glad I'm a man because I, I feel sorry for the ladies. You guys, you ladies have so much you have to go through, so many things, so many obstacles, so many mixed messages on what is beauty. Uh, hopefully, you all will just find it in yourselves uh, and and hold on long enough for the one who appreciates you for what you have. Um, in the meantime, I got some websites I have to go look at tonight after all this booty conversation. So. <laughs> I'm just joking. But um, uh, ta- Lady T, go ahead and give out your information so people can contact you and get in touch with you um, throughout the month. Okay, great. Uh, you can email me at ladytdating at gmail.com. Also, you can send me a message through Facebook, uh, slash Lady T uh, Dating. Um, also, you can find me on the Ann Magazine's website, which is theannmagazine.com. All right. Thank you so much. We'll Thank you, you, Ryan. Have a great all night. Right. You too. Bye-bye. All right. So we have one more guest that I, I, I messed up and forgot all about it to, to promote, but we have another young lady. This been, it's been ladies' night. Brian's going to be sorry he missed tonight's show. But uh, <laughs> we have another young lady who I, I wanted to get on tonight. Uh, this young lady, um, we, we normally do monthly. We have a Wonder Woman segment where we spotlight a woman who excels in a traditionally male-dominated field. And tonight we have a special young lady, uh, one of the R&B group's own. And it's funny, I'm looking at her last name. It's the first time I've seen it because she doesn't use it on Facebook. Uh, But we're going to welcome Angela. I'll let you tell your last name if you want to. Angela, welcome to the show. Hi. (laughs) Hello, hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, I'm not even going to ask you about your booty or your top. We're going to go and keep what we're focused on tonight with you. So after that last conversation. Yeah, let's, let's, not, yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> but, Angela, I want to thank you for coming on the show because um, for those, uh, you, your, your job, I think you probably have a, a dream job for so many people. Uh, I want to say so many men because we're talking about the Wonder Women segment, but obviously there's a lot of women who are diehard sports fans as well. So you have a dream job for a lot of people. Tell people, tell our listeners uh, what you do, and, and uh, then talk, talk to us how you got involved and made it into uh, your profession. Huh. Okay. It's I'm going to try to make this story really short. It's been my passion for quite a while because I was a daddy's girl, so I grew up loving sports. Um, I can tell you the first day ESPN came on, but um, it was September 7, 27 years ago. But anyway, Uh, uh, and at any rate, I've always been interested in sports. I worked in the with the NBA with the Dallas Mavericks back in 2000 when Mark Cuban first took over and helped that transition. Before that, I did, I covered Michael Jordan, um, just wrote articles and went to, you know, several games and covered those. And now I work in media, um, broadcast media. I work for the ABC affiliate in Dallas, and I help do basically special projects with sports, and I am... 
I create the relationships basically for sports. And so I am constantly trying to stay up on the news and what's going on with all of the all of the leagues around for the nation for our for all five major um sports. I know a lot of people don't consider the MLS but they are a major sport. And everywhere else they're number one except for the United States. So anyway, um so I'm at mini camp, Cowboys mini camp, I'm at Cowboys practice most um days and some of the days that they're off for the Mavericks, for the Rangers, for the Stars and for FC Dallas. Wow. Yeah, yeah that that's like like I said, pretty dope to be able to sit there and, and work in your passion and follow these sports. Um, now, but all the sports you said, those were all male sports. So talk to us about how it is and, and you know, being a woman, having to cover these sports. And I'm, I'm hoping that things have gotten better now. I mean, we have so many female, uh, you know, reporters and commentators and anchors on ESPN and, and other networks. So, but talk to us about your journey and, um, you know, being that woman dealing with the men. I know you have a story about some, uh, if you want to share that as well, about um, some, some yoga pants, <laughs> you know, so maybe that was a learning <laughs> experience for you as well. Uh, but talk to us about, you know, your journey and, and how you had to deal with that um, to this well, point. Well, you know, my journey is interesting, and I've really been blessed. I I left the industry that I loved because of money, and um, I just, I enjoy money. I enjoy the freedom that it brings. So I did some finance things for several years in between that. And so I'm returning to the field. So I'm starting, well, I should say I started. I started off at ground level. Like I went back to school. Um, I have, you know, two masters, um, one in kinesiology, ESN, which is exercise science nutrition, and the other is in sport management. And I figured I would just go back into working for a professional team. But being able to combine my love of communication and media with sports has been a phenomenal um, blessing that I don't think I necessarily considered before. And so it kind of, uh, I, most people say fall in your lap, but I believe in divine energy. So I just believe that um, I am where I am for a reason. I never thought I would live in Texas again. But, um, but yes, it's it's very challenging. I the sports department at my station, I'm the only female. And technically, they're still working out how that's going to look for me. And because I, I work sports and I work in so um so it's very challenging. Also, I mean, when we go into locker rooms, there are, if, if I'm not the only female, there may be here, because it's the Dallas Cowboys, we have, like, the first sideline reporter, She's female, Christy Scales, and then we have Shereen Williams, who's the um, first female um, head of the Writers' Union, and she also votes for the, um, 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 what do you call it, the um, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame uh, voter. And and then we have Charlotte Jones-Anderson, who's the first female, she's Jerry Jones' daughter, and she's the first female head of NFL's foundation. And so it's it's really inspiring to have so many women that are highly ranked in um, professional sports to be around me, and they've embraced me. As a matter of fact, I have an interview with them, a sit-down interview with them in August, and we're just going to talk about, you know, women in sports. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's challenging. I mean, I and if you want to hear the yoga pants story, it's crazy. Someone just mentioned in the R&B group 
about yoga pants being one that really shows off our booties or our figure. Well, one day, because, we, you know, you dress down, you're going to be, you know, at practice, you're going to be in a locker room, so we dress down. And one day I had on my yoga pants, and I'm always cold nature, so everybody else will be hot, and I had on a sweatshirt and a tank top under it. But that particular day, this was Maverick's practice. I mean, now I know Vince Carter, I know Dirk Nowitzki, I know O.J. Mayo, you know, all of them, they see me every week. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and this particular day, it was like, whoa, whoa, Angela, you know, whoa, you know. <laughs> so, um, and I'm like, what are they talking about? What's going on? What did I do? And I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, okay, okay, you know. I've been working back out because I gained a little weight after my injury, so I'm thinking, yeah, I'm getting back to my normal size. But um, so the guy I was dating at the time, he said, no, it's the pants. And I'm going, huh? He said, yeah, most women don't know, but yoga pants are a gift to men. And it's almost like you're walking around naked. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I will never wear these pants again. Hold on. You try to tell me women don't know. Now, I know that's kind of off the subject. It should have been for the last conversation. You trying to tell me y'all don't know that? I promise you I didn't know. And mind you, I'm I'm ACSM certified, so I teach classes in freaking yoga pants. And I always wonder, like, when I'm bending over in front of the class, why I always get men in my class. But but I never... I promise you, I I did not know that. I had no clue. And, you know, I'm one of those, you know, breast and booty women. So it's, yeah. So I've never, I've not worn my yoga pants to, to any locker room. Wow. But so I will let me, tell I want, you this. Go ahead. Go I will ahead. tell you this really quickly. The um, the first time I was in the Cowboys locker room, because I don't know if a lot of people know, but, you know, in, in any locker room, the men just kind of walk around. They can come in you know, out of the shower at any time. And so um, the guys, they, they're they always, they're all like, oh, we'll be glad when he puts a towel on and let's sit down and get this interview over with. Well, I'm like, this is the perk of the job for me, you know. <laughs> so, so they, of course, the uh, male journalists here and like Edward or, you know, some of the uh, popular ESPN guys, they're like, Angela, really? Really, Angela? I'm like, yeah, shoot. If y'all were in the um, cheerleaders locker room, it would be a perk for you. But unfortunately, right. <laughs> it's a perk. Well, that, and that's that's kind of what I wanted to ask you uh, going in next because, you know, dealing with that, when you're dealing with athletes, you're dealing with men, it's kind of a different environment. It's not like corporate America, where, whereas if you wore some, you know, I'll just even say some leggings, some, you know, to, in corporate America, if, if your coworkers started talking about how you looked in your pants, They'd be up on charges probably. Um, so, right. but being in your environment is kind of an accepted thing. I mean, did you have to learn that? How do you? Is that you just say you know it comes to the territory? I mean, like you said, you're, you're getting around going to look at all the guys junk all day. So you kind of just see it as a trade off, or you know, for women getting in the business, is that something that you just you just take, or should you should you be fighting more about it or expect well, a different? Well, I've always I know, been around a lot of men. And because of my interest in sports, so I've never been ultra sensitive about that. Like, I have to be honest. There are things that men say that I probably should, you know, kind of, hey, you know, have to check them or what have you. It just has never bothered me. I think that straight men are into female bodies, and that's okay. As long as you don't disrespect me, then um, then I'm fine. And I don't consider that disrespectful. I don't consider... 
Um, just like when I look at them, I don't want them to think, because, for instance, I don't, DeMarco Murray, his pants fell down a lot last season, and so he would show his, you know, butt crack on on the air. And they discussed that one day, and I said, and he kept saying, I don't have anybody complaining, I'm not worried about that, I'm trying to do my job. And I said, oh, he definitely doesn't have any complaints. And they were like, ooh, Angela, that was so unprofessional. And I said, no. I said, DeMarco, do you do you feel that I um, disrespected you? And he said, of course not. And I said, okay, that's all that matters. So to me, I'm a straight woman. I can make comments about you. I'm not going to disrespect you whatsoever. But when all the men are on him about his pants slipping, I stood up for him. Like to me, that was just. Uh, an opposite opinion standing up. It wasn't me just being like, oh, yeah, let your pants fall down. I want to see that baby, mm-hmm. you know. But um, but it was just given the opposition because they were really on him that day. And mind you, this was a Thursday, and the game was on the previous Sunday. So Dez brought that up. He was like, oh, so y'all are interested in that man? But it's all it's Thursday, you know. So, um, so anyway, it's, you know, it's, I've just never been ultra-sensitive with that. I mean, I don't want to walk down the street or walk into a Walmart and have, um, you know, guys be like, oh, damn, maybe, you know, or something like that, But um, because that's just inappropriate. But in that type of environment, I mean, the first time I walked into an NBA locker room, Eric Strickland flashed me, and he's been apologizing ever since. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um I guess last question, get you out of here. Uh, talk to us about, you know, well, to, to the other young ladies who might be thinking about getting into uh, the sports field, um, a- any tips you can you may give for them? Because, like you said, there's not a lot of mentors, I'm assuming, uh, for you. There's not a lot of female mentors along the way. You guys are still kind of breaking ground as you go. A lot of times it's hard to find people who want to help other people while they're trying to do it as well. Uh, so, you know, here's your chance, 60 seconds to kind of, Give some advice to those who are trying to come and follow in your footsteps, uh, how they can, you know, navigate through that field. Well, you made the best point. Everybody's not going to be um, supportive and encourage you or give you advice. That's the first thing. So don't expect it because I think women come into this expecting the camaraderie, and that's not necessarily the case. I've been truly lucky and blessed and gifted to have um, most of the women that I work with embrace me or that I work around embrace me, even if they're from an opposing or an opposite uh, competitive uh, competing station or or paper. Um, But but what my advice to anybody that's into getting into this industry, intern, 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 get an internship, whether it's paying or not. Most stations will pay you something, but uh, teams will not. Get an internship, whether it's um, NFL, uh, Players Association, get into the sport and stick with it beyond the internship. The pay is not going to be great initially, but the rewards are phenomenal. And once you make contacts, you will see them somewhere else because this industry is very small. It's very close-knit. There's a lot of nepotism. You may get skipped over for somebody else's, you know, granddaughter or whomever. Just expect that. But do your best. Shine. Be extremely friendly. Don't date the guys. Whatever you do, I've never dated an athlete. Do not date the guys. It's easy for me because I like intelligent men, and so that eliminates most of them. <laughs> don't, Whatever it takes. <laughs> right. But don't don't date the guys. They they can you can be friends with them, 
that's fine because you end up being around them a lot. You see them naked. You see their children. You see them have children. You see them get married. You see them divorced. So I'm not saying you can't have a relationship with them and be friends, but don't go, don't step over your boundaries just like you wouldn't in any other job. And that's my advice. I mean, but definitely intern, 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 intern. Absolutely. Kind of brought it full circle uh, from the beginning of the show. We talked about um, getting promoted and just one of the things that uh, Hannah Thurman mentioned was just always be professional because you never know, you know, who you're going to see again down the line who might, you need them for, to promote you uh, promote you to another position as well. So how can people uh, follow you and read, you know, some of your work and, and support what you do out there? I am Angela Marie, W-F-A-A, and that's at Twitter, so I'm at Angela Marie, W-F-A-A. You can, I mean, you can pretty much find me anywhere, but um, it's hard to find me on Facebook. I I'm, I said I was going to do a public profile. I haven't done that yet. And I don't know, what else is there? Instagram, I'm Texas Sports Chick. And I think that's it. Oh, I'm on with I'm on all of the social media, but if you go to one, you'll find me at all of them. So, all right. Well, cool, Angela. I'm glad we were able to get you on, and definitely uh, wish you the best out there. And uh, I'll be checking my mailbox. I haven't seen those tickets come in the mail yet, but um, we'll look. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get a press pass, not tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, whatever, maybe. I'm going to give you my name spelling so you can give me a press pass made up. <laughs> no, but That's too funny. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Definitely appreciate it. Thank you All for right. having me. It's my pleasure. No problem. Wish you the best. Good night. All right, folks. So definitely, you know, it was a great show. I want to give you some information before we go. You know how you can always catch us throughout the week on www.facebook.com slash Rob Ross Show. Uh, join our Facebook group if you want. You can also join our fan uh, page. You follow us on Twitter, at Rob Rye Show. Also, don't forget about Recess 2013 coming up August 2nd through 4th. You can go online to RobRyeShow.com and uh, book the hotel room for that. We're going to be in D.C. at the Renaissance Hotel on 9th Street, uh, Northwest D.C. So uh, that is about it. Wish you all the best. Talk to you next week. Peace. Till you tear the whole ceiling up People don't laugh